Amen. Amen. What a welcome. Welcome, my, my, my new friend. Welcome, sir. Thank you for coming to Potter's house. You're never going to regret coming here. Amen. I love this place. Anyway, uh, I hope the excitement is still in the air. I want to welcome my brother Douglas that's in the house. Yeah. Being here and, and, and all my brothers and sisters that are here. Um, you know, Pastor Chris said something really important. That a lot of these messages, and we, we have said this from the pulpit many times, you'll see the way they connect with one another. You'll see the interweaving into these messages because this happens because it actually strengthens all of us. Amen. It's a good thing to strengthen all of us. I want to tell you the story. This was told to me just about, about three weeks ago. I go, to, uh, I go to two supermarkets uh, to buy our food, buy my food, and, um, and I made friends with some of the people that work there, the staff, the cashier, and some of the people that put the, uh, the merchandise in the shelves. And I always, sorry, and I always try to make a point to say something to them that I hope will brighten their day, make them feel good about what they're doing. And God has led me many times to bless many of them when he has said, I want you to bless this person with whatever he has asked me to bless them with. There's this cashier amongst three cashiers that I know. And as I'm checking out, they check me out with you know my groceries, making sure everything's okay. And this one cashier that happens to be a born again Christian, she shared with me a horrific, horrific story, a true story that happened to her child, her 24-year-old daughter. And you might have seen it on the news. It was on the news a few months ago. Her daughter was driving on I-95 of all places. You pretty much have to be uh, a pretty good driver to be on I-95. You, be you better know what you're doing, and you better have very good insurance coverage because it can be um, pretty tough to be out in uh, I-95 of all the interstates that are out there. Her daughter was driving and she, between Oakland Park Boulevard, if you know the area, Sunrise and Oakland Park Boulevard, she got clipped. A car that was changing lanes, was speeding, and somehow clipped her uh, uh, towards the end, uh, tail end left side of her car, and her car started spinning her daughter car, and she was all alone, her daughter driving, and then the car started flipping. And the car rolled, and one of the people that, one of my brothers is sitting in the audience, he went through this himself, I'm not going to identify him tonight, but the car flipped uh, several times, and then it landed on the side of the road, and um, of course fire rescue came, um, everybody came, the car stopped to the side to try to help and she seemed to be, as her mom is telling me this story, and we are at the register. And I got to tell you, God worked this all out because there was nobody behind me. And there were a lot of people shopping that day. Not until she about almost finished the story, then people started getting behind me, putting their stuff on the uh, converter belt. So anyway, she tells me that her daughter said, I lost conscience. I didn't even know what was going on. I didn't even know how I ended up there, but but God saved her life. And God saved her life where 
when fire rescue came and uh, police came, as the story is told on the news, she was pulled out of the vehicle, the front part of the car, the front end was all crushed in. And they pulled her out of the vehicle with not a scratch on her body. Not a scratch on her body. And so th then finally she gained conscious and she was able to speak to them. And, and she kept asking them because this was brought up on the news, what happened to me? What happened to me? Of course, her mother, when she heard this situation, um, was terrified and all that, but she was so thankful to God that he saved her life. And so, fast forward a few months later, her daughter's doing pretty well. She's gone back to work, but she still thinks about, when, when she got to look at, the, at her picture on the TV as to how many times that car rolled and how crushed in, like a sandwich being crushed in, okay, being made flat, that she could have lost her life at that moment. She is struggling with that. And so she's telling her mom, mom, I don't know what I'm gonna do. She lives by herself and she's going to work and going to school. I don't know what, what I'm gonna do. And mom is telling me this at the register. And, and her mom said this, and if I get emotional, please forgive me because it really touched my heart. Amen. I mean, of everything she told me, it just hit me right between the eyes. And her mom said, no matter what happens to her daughter, I will make it work. And, and, and all of a sudden, my ears perked up, my eyes got pretty wide because I was looking at her. And when she said that, that li little sentence to her daughter, daughter I will make it work. God laid on my heart that very moment, this is what I want you to talk about. Wow. And you know, sometimes you heard Pastor Chris says, you know, we we get ready to prepare what the Holy Spirit is placing in our heart to deliver a message, that a message that is going to hopefully deliver many, a message that's going to hopefully set many free. But just those words really touched me. So right now, I'm going to tell you the title of this message is, I will make it work. And let's go to God first and we'll open the service. Father God, Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We're excited tonight, like Pastor Chris says. We're excited that we're alive. We're excited that we're here. We're excited, Father God, that people are seeking you. They're coming from everywhere to Potter's House, Coral Springs. There's many churches they can come to. But Lord, you bring them here because you know that this is a healing house. This is a house of prayer. This is a house of hope. Not because of the people that come here. Not because of the ministers that come here and deliver your word. But because of you, Lord. Let them see you and us. Let them see your love. Let them see your holiness, your righteousness, your faithfulness. And Father God, tonight through the Holy Spirit, deliver this word. For like I always say, I'm never worthy of this. I am never worthy. And I need the Holy Spirit that lives within me to deliver this word tonight. In your precious name, Lord Jesus, we pray in the church said, Amen. 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 So right away, if you could, 
Jump to the one you know already, Romans 8.28. Everybody knows this by heart. Everybody knows this by heart. And it's just such, such a beautiful short scripture. But you're going to see a lot of this is going to tie in together with this message. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things, I love this, that all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And this calling, we're all called to serve. We were made to serve him. You hear this over and over every time we step in this church. It doesn't matter where you are in that ranking in your life, if you're poor, rich, you're middle class, whatever, it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. Jesus can still use you Amen. all the time, all the time. Don't ever feel ashamed because I am right with you. I've gone through very shameful moments. I was walking in darkness and Jesus is using me and I love to serve him. But before, before you can even serve him, I must tell you this, Jesus Christ has to be your first love. And that's hard for so many people. When you say to them, well, who's your first love? You ask him. And they'll say, well, uh, my wife, believe it or not, my mother-in-law. Ooh, that's a special one. I'm not trying to make fun of mothers-in-law. But when we understand that we were made for to serve him and we were made for him to use us to reach out and serve others, just like my friend, the cashier, was there and ready to tell her, her daughter, I will make it work. So, important points here. It is not, it is not wonderful that God helps help us in an endearing premise that, listen to this church, Jesus has the ability to work all things, all things for good and to see us through to glorification. It doesn't matter what comes our way. Jesus can still make all things work good for his glory, glorification, okay? You heard a wonderful message last Wednesday titled Fear. And we all go through this, even though we know that when we can say we fear, we're actually sinning and not trusting in God because our God is not a God of fear. But God knows, God knows that we go through these moments. And we're going to have moments that we can fear because we, like, like this lady, she heard the news from a neighbor saying to her, are you watching the news? Your daughter's on the news. And she, what? And then she sees that car crushed on the side of I-95. And she sees all these things happening. Of course, her heart must have started beating incredibly fast. And fear must have come all over her. And she said to me, she said to me, you know, I started praying. Immediately I started praying. The fear was chasing me, but I started praying. And, and, and just hearing that from her encouraged me. We learn each and every day that Jesus is able to make even those suffering work together for our good and his good. You heard a lot about fear and suffering last Wednesday. And you hear this 
all the time when you're here because we have to let you know the truth. We're going to go through things. We're going to go through ups and downs. We're going to go through disappointments. We're going to go through heartaches. We're going to go through when you walk into your job and they tell you the, the boss wants to see you. And by the way, I hear rumors that they're going to let you go. That brings fear to your heart if your check is the only one that is supporting your family. How many people do you and I know that have gone through things like that? But again, God always says to us, I will make it work. I will make it work. No matter what you and I go through, I will make it work, the Lord tells us. Always remember that if we love the living Christ and are obedient to his way, the trust is always in him because of, if we allow for him to manage all of our steps in our lives, he will make all things work out for his good. And so this is going to sound like a really phony cliche, a silly cliche, but it doesn't get any better than that. That you know that no matter what you and I go through, God will make it work for our good. So tonight we're going to camp out in the book of Nehemiah where the men and I from Saturday are camped out in that book. And we love that book of Nehemiah. Because Nehemiah, i got to tell you a little bit about Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a powerful man. Powerful man that loved God. Nehemiah was one of those, he was a Jewish boy that grew up in Persia. Okay? <clears throat> after after King Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonians came and destroyed Judea and came and took captive so many people. And amongst them were families of Nehemiah and families of Ezra. And Ezra is a book before Nehemiah, which we also study. But hear, hear this, church. The thing is, King Nebuchadnezzar took people like Daniel, took people like Rashak, Meshach, and Abednego, the three Hebrew boys. He took these people that were very talented and, and had many skills. He wasn't a dummy king, but he did this. So Nehemiah, to tell you a little bit about him, like Daniel, the prophet Daniel, he had an incredible position in the royal palace. He was a royal official. And here he is a Jew. And he was a royal official and a cupbearer, Nehemiah. And so the king at the time after King Nebuchadnezzar was a different king. And he appreciated Nehemiah. And Nehemiah had many times conference with him. So report comes to Nehemiah that the people that were left behind, because a lot of them stayed, that were not taken away captive for 70 years. And they were left behind in Judea and the part of Israel. And Nehemiah felt, had such a heartfelt for the, the, the Israelites. He had a heartfelt for his people. It weighed heavy in his heart. And heart and God was already commissioning 
his heart, commissioning his heart to do his work. And God already was placing in his heart through his spirit that Nehemiah needed to stand up, step up and step in. So Nehemiah went to the king and asked if he could go back to the area that was destroyed by, by the Babylonians. And the king said, first thing he said to him, he asked him, are you coming back? And he said, yes, my king, I am coming back. But Nehemiah was so favored by God because he heard the call. Just like you and I are given the call and we got to step in and step up into the call. And we've talked about this. And fear is going to come. Disbelief is going to come into your, your heart. You're going to say to yourself, why is God calling me? I am never, listen, none of us are worthy. But if he calls you and I, we need to step up, Amen. step in. Yeah. Okay? So, Nehemiah was told by the king, and, and our, my, our guys that are here with me on Saturday, they, they'll, they'll recall this. Nehemiah was given by the king supplies, enough supplies, and also even uh, a garrison, part of an army, to escort him to where he was going. And there were two main purposes. Before we get into the actual book of Nehemiah, we're, we're not going to get too deep into it, but some tonight that will make sense to you. There were two purposes that God gave Nehemiah that God may give you to your heart. One of them was to rebuild the wall. You know that wall around Judea, around Israel, was destroyed. And it had been pretty, pretty badly destroyed for over a hundred years. So God placed into Nehemiah's heart to rebuild the wall. But then there was a, the second most important thing, which was actually the first. God wanted to use Nehemiah to share his word, his love for him with the Israelis that would be there to help build the wall for them to want to be back in a covenant with God. That was the most important thing I feel because when we make a covenant with God, it's supposed to be forever until God takes us home. And a lot of these people stepped away and they were not excited about God anymore because their land was destroyed. Everything around was in shambles. And if you remember the story of Ezra, <clears throat> Ezra went back with the first group and built the temple. Now here's Nehemiah now. And Nehemiah is there building the wall uh, with the people that God placed in in his, in his place to be there with him. So, it is so important that we understand that when the calling comes, God is going to be with us to make sure that we're not lacking anything. If you hear the, anything in this message tonight, understand not only that God will prepare us for whatever he's taking us to, to the next, whatever he wants us to do, but look at Potter's House, Coral Springs. 
coming up, this church is celebrating 14 years. When you when you look at churches like, and I'm not trying to compare, compare churches with restaurants, but when you look at churches like restaurants, a lot of them sometimes that are birthed, they have last only one or two years. But here, Potter's house, here we are, starting 14th year, because one person, one person, God laid on his heart, I want you to birth my church. And he heard the calling. And we all have to be thankful for Bishop Lyle because we are here. We are here. We are here and we're honoring God and praising God. And listen to this, we can do it freely. We don't have to be afraid. And and, and I'm, I'm, I got to share with you, we're not, we're not about religion. We are about a relationship with Christ. Amen. Religion will never save you. And we can say that until we, I've been saying this, and I, and I had dark hair until the other day, now I got gray hair, I've been saying it every day. Religion will never save you, but a relationship with Christ will always save you. And this lady, the cashier, knew, knew that God had not forgotten her daughter. It might have been the day that God would take her daughter home with him, but it wasn't. And I told her, and we prayed, because let me tell you what happens at that market, I cannot believe. Because they're, I'm, I'm discovering people that are Christians. And a lot of people are, are saying, oh, that, that big guy, that old guy? Yeah, 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 you gotta talk to him. I mean, I don't, I'm not there standing giving them money, but it's because they know that I wanna tell them about the gospel of Christ. And what an opportunity and a place that it's not a church, in a place that it's not work for me, and it's not the gym, it's a place that many people from different walks of life come, and they work. And for them to hear the word of God, for some of them that I have made friends with there, it's exciting for them. So if you could, let's open to Nehemiah chapter six. And I'm only going to walk with you on chapter six for just a little bit, because it'll tie. Chapter six, verses one through eight. And the men sitting in this church tonight that are with me on Saturday, they know this by heart. Now it happened when Sembalot, Tobiah, and Gisman, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall. So this is Nehemiah, the process was already there. He was rebuilding the wall and there were people that came along his side that wanted to have that covenant with God and they were helping to rebuild the wall. There were many that have many different skills. So here's God again with his perfect plan. God brought the guy that was a mason. God brought the guy that could put the gates. God brought the guy that could do this and could do that. That's what God will do. That's what he will do. Just like what my friend told her daughter. I will make it work. And God will make it work. If he sends you, if he sends you somewhere to do his work and, 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 and to deliver his word and to let others know how much he loves them and that he is their, their hope of the future, he is going to make it work. 
if you're obedient to him. That's our Lord. Again, this has nothing to do with religion. Put religion in the back pocket. Don't worry about religion. Okay? But again, there were no breaks left in, in, in the area of the gates. Though at the time I had not hung the doors and the gates. Then Sambalot Sambal and Geshman sent to me saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they fought to do me harm. I know you're going to ask yourself, well, how did Nehemiah know this? Well, God gives us discernment. When we're walking with God and when we pray to God and we ask him for wisdom, knowledge, and discernment, God will deliver. Amen. God will deliver. You know, a lot of times people ask, well, God, I need more money. I want to be able to buy a Rolex. I want to be able to buy this. I want to be able to buy. But like King Solomon, he asked for wisdom. And God, God gave him more than he could ask for. So if you haven't asked for wisdom, which I'm sure every one of you sitting here tonight has, and you have asked for discernment, try it. And do it from your heart with faith. And God will deliver. He will not let you down. He will give you the wisdom and the knowledge, but you want his wisdom, his knowledge, his discernment. Not anybody else's, but his. Okay? Because he, he knows it all. You don't have to worry. He knows it all. He knows what, how to make things right. So I sent messages to them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? This is Nehemiah speaking. But they sent me this message four times. And you know, in a church, people, people that may come in our church may try to bring, and we talked about this before, try to bring their own agenda. Try to bring their own thought that they came with. I mean, I've heard of things that, I, that I've gone and, and listened to of people praying and saying, I am commanding the angels. What? Listen, I can say this to you as a minister, as your brother, and Christ as your friend. None of us can command any angels. It's done by God. We pray to God. And God will deliver his ministering angels and warrior angels to do his work on our behalf. And what, what, do I, what am I saying? If it's not in the word of God, do not make things up. It's got to be in the word of God. The word of God is solid, sharper than a two-edged sword, and able to break through bone and marrow. Do not go with what people say or anyone say. It's just like I tell the men on Saturday, and I tell you here tonight, if you ever hear me say something that does not line up with the word of God, you need to speak to me after church and ask me, Pastor Pete, what, what's going on? Where, where, where does that come from? I never heard of that. You need to test. You need not to fall asleep. You and I need to test and let people know if it's not in the word of God, it's not going to work. You can make up anything or say anything. And these guys, that's what they were doing. They were making up their whole thing. Why? Because they wanted to discourage 
discouraged Nehemiah and the workers. They wanted to stop everything. Just like what's going on in this country today. No, you don't have to worry about Douglas. We're not going to get into politics. But they, they sent me these messages four times. I answered them in the same manner. Then Sanzibalah sent his servant to me as before. The fifth time, with an open letter in the same, and it was written, it is reported among the nations, and Geshem says that you and the Jews plan to rebel. Here we go. More makeup of stuff. Making up stories to discourage Nehemiah like it could happen to you and I. Anybody could say to you, oh, Potter's House, Coral Springs. I don't know about Potter's House, Coral Springs. Oh, yeah? Well, tell me what you think. And I'll ask him. And I'll say, well, then maybe you're not listening to the messages. Why don't you come? Why don't you come and see if, if the Holy Spirit is not living here? Why don't you come and test to see that the body of Christ that has been here faithfully for 14 years is still faithful to God. Not to men, but to God. And that's what we're looking for, to be faithful to God through sickness, through hell, through lies, through fear, to be faithful to God. So, therefore, according to these rumors, you are re rebuilding the wall that you may be their king. And you have also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying, there is a king in Judah, in Judea, I'm sorry, now, these matters will be reported so, to the king. So come, therefore, let us consult together. Making it all good. Let's, let's get together. We can talk about this. It's going to work out. Verse 8, then I sent him, then I sent to him, saying, No such thing as you say are being done, but you invent them in your own heart. And you're going to have people that are going to be in your life, sometimes at work, that will invent things about you. And you go, wait a minute, what is going on? And that first thing you do is you go into prayer. And you ask God, Lord, I need you. Because they're describing me as someone that doesn't care about my job, my productivity. They say my productivity is not up to par, that I'm not doing anything, that I'm not a team player. And God, you know me different. I work for you. And because I work for you, Lord Jesus, I am going to give my best to this company. It doesn't matter if the owner, the proprietor, the boss, the CEO is Jewish, is, 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 is a Christian, is an Arab. It doesn't matter. You still want me to give the best which comes from you. So this is what he said to him. Let's jump to Nehemiah 6, 9 through 12. Because we're rolling tonight. Pastor Chris lit up that fire, boy, and I'm on fire too. Amen. I feel good. So chapter 6, verse 9 through 12, it says, For they all were trying to make us afraid. That happens. They were trying to make them afraid, saying, Their hands will be weakened in the work, and it will not be done. Right away telling them, You're going to fail. You're not going to make it. This wall is not going to be what God is asking you to do. This wall will crumble. You're going to walk away from the project. You're never going to. Never. Never this. Never that. 
Don't you know people like that? Yes, you do. We know people like that in our work for, in, in our work life. We know people like that sometimes at the gym. I know people at the gym that if, if I, I, I kind of walk by and all I hear is negative talk about how miserable their life is. And I, and I feel like turning around like that gentleman that I brought up to you, all of you one time, and I feel like turning around saying, listen, you're alive, man. You should be thankful that you're walking, breathing, thinking, you can see, you can hear. And I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, they're gonna they're gonna respond, oh come on, that's not gonna help me. But again, so their hands will be weakened and the work it will not be done. Now therefore, oh God, strengthen my hands. Amen. So Nehemiah goes before God again. And by the way, it took Nehemiah four months after God placed that in his heart to go back home where his folks brought him from and to rebuild the wall and have the covenant with the Israelites come back together. It took him four months. Sometimes it takes us a while in our prayer to hear what God is telling us because we're trying to do things on our own. We want to make things come out the way we want to. But what does God always tell us? I will make it work. You don't have to worry about anything else. He will make it work for you and I. Afterward, I came to the house of Shemaiah and the son of Deliah, the son of Methadabel, who was a secret informer. I told the men in Bible study when I saw the word informer, informer? Back then? Yeah. This guy was a secret informer. He said, let us meet together in the house of God with the temple and let us close the doors of the temple. Uh-oh. Here we go. Pay attention. For they are coming to kill you. Indeed, at night they will come to kill you. Now, here we go. What is the MO of the great deceiver? Right? Confuse. I'm going to add a little bit more. Confuse, conquer, destroy, and kill. That's his main objective. The great deceiver, Satan, doesn't care about you and I. And it was said earlier today, uh, earlier this, this evening, that if you're not feeling any pain, if you're not going through stuff that's being thrown at you from the world, I gotta tell you, you're not serving. You got to get down and dirty to serve the Lord Jesus Christ because you got to go enter into some situations that are going to be tough in your life. And remember what I said God can use anyone. You don't have to be a pastor, a bishop, a chaplain. You, you don't have to be a great Bible teacher. God can use anyone. Amen. Remember the friend that I talked to you all about? He was homeless, living on the street. And God was using him to preach the gospel. A homeless man, where I pastor at the, at the homeless shelter, Robert Outreach, he was using him in the streets of Miami to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ from a wheelchair and playing daylight with the heat on his back and on his face. And he was so excited to preach the word of God. Now that's, that's faithfulness. That's focusing on what God assignment was given 
from God to him. And I said, such a man as I flee, I will flee. And who is there such as I who would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in, said Nehemiah. Then I perceived that God had not sent him at all, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sembalot had hired him. Sometimes people have these little secret agendas and they will do anything to try to hurt you and destroy you. Jump into Nehemiah 6, 13, 4. We're going to continue because we're running out of time. Chapter 6, verses 13 to 14. For this reason he was hired, that I should be afraid and act the way in sin. And people, anyone, will get you to act in sin when other people put fear into your heart and tell you you can never make it. Just like this gentleman, uh, another gentleman at the shelter, living on the street for so long, had gone through so much, he was living there with us, and, and, and he said to me, you know what, Pastor Pete? I know that God has better things for me. And I looked at him straight in the eyes, and I said, yes, he does. And he's gonna make a way for you. You keep walking that walk with Jesus. And you watch what Jesus will do for you. Amen. You watch what Jesus will do, for, will do for you. Then I perceived that God had not sent him at all, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me, again, because he was hired by those two men. So if we could, I'm sorry, I jump back to Nehemiah 9 through 12. So verse 14, from 6, 13 to 14. My God, remember Tobiah? and Sembalah according to their works and their prophecies, Neodiah and the rest of the prophets who would have made me afraid. And this could happen to any of us. Jump forward now to Nehemiah chapter 6 verses 15 through 19. We're almost done. So the ball was finished on the 25th day of Elul and 52 days and it happened when all our enemies heard of it and all the nations around us saw these things they were very disheartened <laughs> in their own eyes for they perceived that this work was done by our God God used them verse 17 also in those days the nobles of Judea sent many letters to Tobiah and the letters from Tobiah came to them for many in Judea were pledged to him. Now, so this Tobiah man was respected by many, many of the Israelis because he had done good to them. But here's the thing. People can come disguised in any way they want to come disguised. It doesn't always make them the, the person that God is using to deliver a word of deliverance to you and I. So we have to be very careful. And how are we careful? Again, asking God for wisdom and asking God for deliverance in our lives and asking God for discernment because God will give it to us. If we get too comfortable in what we're doing and we start listening, and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with listening to preachers on, um, on YouTube, wherever you listen to them from. But when you listen to them, listen carefully. 
And again, I go back. Is it lining up with the word of God? Because any preacher can tell you anything. Any preacher can tell you anything so that you come back. So that you buy their book. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But if it's done in truth, God wants us to do things in, in his truth. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he wants us to be like him. Holy, righteous, faithful, and of all loving. But the truth has to live in your heart. So it pledged to him because he was the son-in-law of Shishaniah, the son of Ara, and his son Jehonahan had married the daughter of Meshulam, the son of Bershian. Also they reported his good deeds before me and reported my words to him. Tobias sent letters to frighten me. And this could happen to you in your life when you are doing God's work and here comes someone to discourage what you're doing. Go to God. Go to God immediately. Ask him, Lord, am I hearing what you want me to hear? Don't always, and, and again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong when someone comes to you and says to you, brother, God told me to tell you this. Here are some of the men with me on Saturday say to me, Pastor Pete, I've got to be honest with you. If God is telling them, why can't God tell me? And we all laugh. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But what I'm saying is to be careful. Be alert. Because the enemy is very crafty. The enemy is like a roaring lion out there, out to trip us up. And he will use anyone or any any place or situation to make you believe in anything. So you have to be careful. So I'm going to finish with this. Um, I want to tell you this real quick. I told the story before because I'm really down to the wire and I'm getting the signal. Prime example is my situation in my, in my community. I always helped the president of my community. I always got behind, behind him and the association, but I was not an officer. I helped behind the scenes. Fast forward, the president gets sick and he's asking me because he thought He's a believer, now he's with Jesus, he passed away, that he will come out of the hospital, he will remain president, and now I was gonna be his new vice president. Well, God had other plans, and God took him home. And so I became, at the same time, are you ready for this? The vice president and the president. And Brother Chris, did I have a little bit of fear? Doug, I did, but I went to God because God was the one that placed in my heart. You have to step up and step in because there was a lot of division, a lot of desertion, a lot of people mistreating each other in these 44 homes. And Pastor Pam will tell you that this is true. And look what God has done. Not me. I couldn't do anything, Brother Doug. But God made it happen that there's a peace now. That people are respecting each other. And people are caring for one another. I don't want them to look at me as being the price or anything like that. I want them to look at me because I was obedient to God. Praise to help my brother and sister in the community. 
Listen, we may think that had nothing to do with church. Why not put all that energy in church? But God can use you in anything. Amen. And he used me in this community of mine. And I said, like Nehemiah, he, he had his soul together. He was a royal officer. He, he was a comforter. He probably had a great pension plan. He probably had all these things working for him. I was retired. I was comfortable. I was good. I was coming to the church. And, and God said, oh, no. <laughs> I want you to step up and step in. Amen. Because I will make it work. And he has always made it work. So tonight in closing, I share with you, like Pastor Chris did so beautifully last Wednesday, you're going to have moments of fear. You're going to have moments of distrust. Ooh, that's an ugly word. When you're referring to God, that's a pretty ugly word. You're going to have words that you want to give up because you're, maybe your relationship at home is not working. Maybe your, your job at work is not working. Maybe, maybe your finances are not working. But if you truly believe in the living God, he will make it work. Amen. Like this parent Amen. told her child. Let's bow our heads and go to God. Father God, Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you.